This is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. On Radio TFI. Join the conversation. You can reach the guys at 754-800-CHAT. 754-800-2428. On Twitter, at Taxi Standar. From a pay phone, call collect. So most people have a fear of acquiring the virus. I think a good way of doing it is to imagine that you do have the virus, yeah? And change your behavior so that you're not transmitting it. Don't think about changing your behavior so you won't get it. Think about changing your when behavior vir- so you don't give it to somebody else. When viral symptoms underlie, there are home remedies to try. You find the one that works and snap, you're safe. And every product neath your sink might be a medicine to drink. No need for tests, the president suggests. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? That a spoonful of Clorox makes your temperature go down. Your temperature go down. Temperature go down. Just a spoonful of Clorox makes your temperature go down. It's the latest COVID craze. Supposing we hit the body with whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. A politician who distracts has very little time for facts. The scientists he's hired are perplexed. While Dr. Burks is about to barf and hang herself with her own scarf, he diatribes and recklessly prescribes. Sounds sounds interesting to me. That some pledge on your pancakes makes coronavirus pass. Coronavirus pass. If it gives you gas, try some bleach in your beer and shove a flashlight up your ass. Heal yourself with UV rays. Our president is no MD. He only plays one on TV. But of medical advice, he's always for. A little draino in your cup will clear your sinuses right up. And quench your thirst unless it kills you first. Slap your mom with a swiffer till her temperature goes down. Her temperature goes down. Your boyfriend with Lysol till he's six feet underground. It's the latest movie Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I'm not a doctor. Since it's improbable, you'll win with your hydroxychloroquine. Splash some Windex in your wine and you'll resolve. And you won't likely get a pill from Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil. There's no, there's no vaccine. Vaccine. So try some 
Sounds interesting to me. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I'm not a doctor. You're kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good good morning, everybody. You are listening to the mothership program of the Taxi Stand Hour right here on Radio TFI. It is Saturday, April 25th of 2020. From the Northern Command Studio in Egan, Minnesota. I am John Shannon. And the man be behind the board, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. From the Radio TFI Executive Tower, it is Mr. Ed Van Ness. And congratulations for coming up with that bit uh, just at the right time. Uh, it is Mr. Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning, kids and kittens. I hope everyone is doing well this fine day. We're coming at you from the 66th floor of, as John calls it, the, the tallest building in Queens. Uh, by the way, that was Randy Rainbow. That's not something we normally do opening the show, but but this was that was a spoonful of Clorox by Randy Rainbow. But I Back came across this. Right I now. came across this literally 25 minutes ago, and it is so timely. And he must have put this together in the last 24 hours. By the way, follow Randy Rainbow on Twitter at Randy Rainbow. The guy is funny. He's on YouTube. He's oh, he's hilarious. Uh, but this literally had to be put together in the last 24 hours. And and again, while we don't normally lead off the show with a bit, I felt this was just too. We, we we both agreed. This just <laughs> exactly. We got Time... some pretty good audio. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that was timely. That was timely. Show. Yes, in, it was in a yes, way that was. we we don't normally uh, get to. So, how are you today, Mister Shannon? How are your lungs? Oh, my lungs hurt right now. Tell the kids and kittens why why your lungs hurt. No, I do not. I am not having a corona right now. I uh, went out and had a fire in my backyard. How'd that work out? Fire. How'd that work oh, out? It was, it was fun. I, I cooked up some chili dogs. Oh boy! Put a couple of ears of corn. Roasted a couple of ears of corn. Mm -mm -mm, that's some fine the fire. And the corn wasn't the only thing that got roasted. I got a little too much smoke <laughs> in my lungs from that last night. So. <clears throat> Exactly. So, so when John is coughing his head off, fear not. He just sucked in massive quantities of smoke. That's right. He's he's not brought in for smoke inhalation. <laughs> you know, and and Ed and I were sitting here talking about it. You know, he's got a little postage stamp back there for a backyard there in the only recreation zone of the radio TFI tower, and I suggest no. Get yourself a little fire pit. He says he likes, he likes fire. I okay, love fire. When he says it in that tone, though, I worry. You know, you should. I roll back around. <laughs> you should. I'll I'm going to tell a very quick story here about me and fire, and then we'll get into the meat of the, the matter here. I was about uh -oh. eight, eight or nine years old, and. Uh -oh. And uh, my mother was going out. I was going to be the only one in the apartment. I don't know how that worked out, but I was going to be the only one in the apartment. Well, I had seen one of my friends uh, uh, 
set fire to one of the, one of the you know, the little army men you had, the little green plastic sure. army men. I was fascinated I by those. I was fascinated by the the wax of the plastic, the way it would drip. So I waited until my I, I was prepped. I was gonna do it over the kitchen sink. You know, I, I was had the water right there, nothing was gonna happen, but I wanted to watch the, the wax or the plastic drip, drip, drip. My mother no sooner walked out of that apartment door, I had the matches going. Well, wouldn't you know, she 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 left something. She forgot something. And she walked back in just as I had. Oh, it was going great, too. Drip, drip, drip. Just watching watching the thing burn. And, and oh, she was furious. And I, and I, but, Ma, Ma, I'm doing it over the sink. I got water. I'm safe. There's the. She was more upset about her eight-year-old playing with the. With matches and setting things on fire, but anyway, enough about that. That's what boy. What's what boys do? I mean, you know, it was funny, so funny because I didn't get punished for it. Oh, didn't you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, baby Oliver was out there in the uh, backyard with us as well, and he has. Uh, they bought him a little sandbox uh, for Christmas a couple uh, of a year ago, I think, and. He just he just loves that. He just having a ball with it. And well now he's getting into the point in time where he's taking the sand out of the box and placing it in several places. Hmm. Including over by where where I was eating. And you know, mom and dad got a little upset with him and I because you know, he just dumped he dumped it out, took a fistful and dumped it on my plate. Oh well, you know, you need that fiber. You need yeah, that roughage. <laughs> you know, and you know, uh Daddy was, Daddy was a little upset with him, and I says, oh, "Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it, man. He's just being a boy. Just being a boy. Just being a boy." All right. So we ready to get so, into the the heart of the matter here, the no meat. Foul. Oh, we got meat today, huh? We got meat, man. We got big, huge chunks of it. Be careful about talking about the chunks right now. Yeah, uh, before but, we get before we get going into, we're going to lead off with uh, with uh, <laughs> obviously COVID nineteen. But an hour two, we're going to shift back to transportation. Why don't you tell the kids and kittens what's coming up in hour two? Oh, this is going to be fun. I happen to be privy to listen to an interview that are the one and only Christine Hubbard, the queen of all hacks. That is correct. Uh, Bow is, to her. Um, Exactly, uh, but she, I, she, uh, and I don't want to spoil this because this is an interview she had with a. This is an interview that better that she had with a local radio station up there in Toronto, and she, uh, I, this is pretty high tech stuff, but I just want you to. Give that a listen in hour number two. That is what they call in the radio business as a tease. It's a tease. If you didn't know. If you didn't know that. <laughs> Not a big a tease as when John does his Barry White, but hey, we take what we can get. Never find. It's not the same with that with that headset. Moving on. Yeah, you are absolutely right. So so as you all are aware, President Dumbshit had a couple of things to say over the past few days. By the way, that parody song we played notwithstanding, and, and it's just a shame that we have to say this, that anybody has to say this in the past 48 hours, don't ingest bleach or cleaning products or anything like that. 
all the joking that we're going to do, we are in no way, no way, suggesting that anybody do anything like that. Uh, it's just, I, uh, okay, just let's be realistic here. So we're going to talk about all that, but let, let's get started. If for some reason you did not hear what El Presidente said, we're going to play that audio for you. This is from two days ago. This is from the Thursday press, uh, quote-unquote, briefing. We hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do, either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. We'll the right, folks who could. right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. So there you have it. What you got to remember is that his base, his followers, will sit there and, oh, oh, the president is saying, now I'll grant you, he never actually said the words drink Clorox. But he's talking about ingesting no. common household disinfectants. I mean, quite frankly, if 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 the manufacturers of this and the chemists and the scientists had thought this had any medical value at all, years ago they would have been looking into this. And you know oh, how you absolutely. know you, you you know how you know that it, they that they've already know that they can't do it because they say don't drink it; it will kill you. Yeah, that would be a clue. It's a method of suicide that uh, ER doctors have said, boy, oh boy, when somebody comes in, you know, they'll, they'll drink a, a, a bottle of Clorox to try to kill themselves. It's toxic. Yeah. So, so while he may not have said the words now, under a normal, normal presidency, a normal president might have come back the next day and said, look, I was thinking out loud and... My thoughts kind of got away from me. I want to make sure nobody, you know, misconstrues it. I made a mistake. I should not have been saying that out loud and to protect those people. But what did he say the next day? Why, coincidentally, we have it right here. Can you clarify your comments about injections of disinfectant? They're, they're quite No, I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. Now... Disinfectant for doing this, maybe on the hands, would work. And I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday, Bill, because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours, but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant, it goes away in less than a minute. Did you hear about this yesterday? But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. But it does kill it, and it would kill it on the hands, and that would make 
things much better. That was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporters. But you were okay. asking your medical experts to look into it. Uh, were you being no, sarcastic no, 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 with no. them? To look into whether or not sun and disinfectant on the hands, but whether or not sun can help us because I mean, he came in yesterday and he said they've done a big study. This is a study. This isn't where he hasn't done it. This is where they've come in with a final report that Sun has a massive impact negatively on this fiber. In other words, it does not live well with humidity and it doesn't live well with sun, sunlight, heat. It doesn't live well with heat and sun and disinfectant. And that's what I brought out. And I thought it was clear. Okay, anything else? So, so let, 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 let's, let's look at that, that little, first off, the tap dancing was spectacular, I'm trying to get away from it. Uh, now, if you watched the day before, and there's video all over the place that clearly shows he was looking at Dr. Burks the whole time. There was nothing, this was no sarcastic question. So here's another situation where instead of just ponying up and saying, I, I done messed up. Okay. Oh, he doesn't have that. He doesn't no, I, have that capability. I understand that. But of course, you and I and every other reasonable adult out here understands that's how you undo that situation. Okay, poof, we move on. Okay. And uh, and then, of course, he's putting it on the on the reporter's. And I, I guess we didn't have it in that clip, but there's a clip out there uh, during this same rant. This was in the Oval Office yesterday where he, he motions to one, another reporter and says, Oh, Bill, you were there. I, I was talking to Bill. And Bill or whoever it was says, I wasn't there yesterday. And again, in the video, it's clear that he is not even looking at, at, at the media. So, so I mean, that's not helping. They, it's not helping. And on top of that, here's, here's a, a couple of tweets. Uh, it's the information is more important than anything else. As of 3 p.m. yesterday, the New York City Poison Control Center saw 30 cases of exposure to Lysol, bleach, and other cleaners in the 18 hours oh after God. Trump's suggestion disinfectant might be used to treat coronavirus. That's more than doubled during the same period in 2019 for the health department. Thankfully, no hospitalizations or death. Jonathan Martin of the New York Times, he's the Times National Correspondent, reported that, and this was yesterday, this was on Twitter, more than 100 people called Maryland's emergency hotline asking about whether injecting or ingesting disinfectants could help cure COVID-19, according to Governor Larry Hogan's comm director communications director so you know you can't say this doesn't have an effect right there in two little tweets there's 130 people who thought about it why because their president said so because their president hinted at it because their president won't just do his job and try to save what people the numbers are like in kentucky or uh, tennessee or mississippi oh, one, one can only imagine one can only imagine. Oh, by the way, speaking of Kentucky, we'll be talking about Mitch McConnell in a little bit too. So uh, he's not—he's not getting away from all this. That—that that scurvy little turtle bastard. 
Well, you know, and it, what's funny you mentioned that is is that while the focus and criticism here about the way he is handling the situation, about the way Trump's handling the situation, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, who uh, who has done his share of uh, dastardly deeds, if you will, over the last uh, several years, if not more, uh, he kind of feels like he's kind of hiding behind the billboard. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, he's sitting there playing fast and loose with, with people's lives. And again, we're going to talk about him in a minute uh, as far as... Well, we'll get to Mitch McConnell. Let's not... I want to finish up with... Uh, now, yesterday, in the Oval Office, during the same little uh, press briefing, uh, he talked about the United States Postal Service. Now... It's not us. There's uh, whatever happened on the audio on this. The first thing you know, the reporter says, and the word drops out, but he's he says the word joke. Was this a joke? Were you making a joke? So just take a listen to this. The Postal Service is a because they're handing out packages for Amazon and other Internet companies, and every time they bring a package, they lose money on it. So Amazon and other internet companies and delivery companies are dropping all of their, not all of them, but a big portion of packages and whatever else they're doing into a post office. And the post office is supposed to deliver the packages and they lose a lot of money. The post office should raise the price of a package by approximately four times because they don't raise them. For some reason, these people have been in there a long time. But for some reason, they're very cozy with some of these companies. And they don't raise the price of a package. And if they raise the price of a package like they should, four or five times, that's what it should be, or let Amazon build their own post office, which would be an impossible thing to do because the post office is massive and serves every little piece of the country. The post office, if they raise the price of a package by approximately four times, It'd be a whole new ball game, but they don't want to raise because they don't want to insult Amazon and they don't want to insult other companies, perhaps, that they like. The post office should raise the price of the packages to the companies, not to the people, to the companies. And if they did that, it would be a whole different story. Do you agree with that, Steve? I, I do. And actually, we are going to put certain criteria for our postal reform program as part of the loan. And uh, we're looking forward to the board is recruiting a new postmaster general and doing postal reform. Well, I'll go a step further. If they don't raise the price of the service they give, which is a tremendous service, and they do a great job, and the postal workers are fantastic, but this thing's losing billions of dollars it has for years, because they don't want to insult, uh, for whatever reason you can imagine, they don't want to insult Amazon and these other groups. Uh, if they don't raise the price, I'm not signing anything. So they'll raise the price so that they become maybe even profitable, but so they lose much. All right, so it cuts off there. Let's unwrap that one just a little bit. The very last thing he says, if they don't raise their prices, I'm not going to sign anything. There's a name for that. Blackmail? Quid pro quo. Blackmail. If you don't do this, I'm not doing that. Or if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. 
The other thing is yeah. he keeps he keeps mentioning Amazon. You know who owns Amazon? Jeff His Bezos. Good friend Jeff Bezos. Who also owns the Washington Post. Washington Post, yes. So fill in the dots. Right, connect the dots. It's and which means it's all about who? It's all about Trump. He's willing to let about the only it's not technically a government agency, but uh the Postal Service is the only only part of the government that brings money in. Sure, they lose a lot, but they're the only ones that bring anything in. <laughs> the Navy the Navy's not a profit center. Uh, Department of the Interior is not a profit center. So you know, so now he's you know, he's got this other bug up his ass. And again, it, I think this was just before uh, the questions about the uh, the bleach and all that. <laughs> I so, just I'm I'm looking I'm looking at TweetDeck here just as uh, we were listening to that. Somebody posted a picture of uh, one Donald John Trump uh, taking a nice swig of a little uh, Clorox a little Clorox pat or pouch here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of them like that. At, uh, out there right now that was the first one i actually saw oh there's a i started thinking about making something up and then boy before i even could get a solid idea in my head they were all over the place so <laughs> probably have the others do it now as all this is Can going offer... on sure oh, go ahead no, go when ahead. we're all done when we're all done talking about uh the the trumpster and uh uh, the bleach and everything. I want to cleanse the palate, and I'm not going to use bleach to do it. You sure? I'm positive. All right, well, let me finish this. This okay, is a, go right this, ahead. this is Dr. Burks. This is from a couple of days ago, and she's on the Christian Broadcasting Network. And I have my own issues with them, but the, the, this just happens to be who she's talking to. Uh, the young lady, the anchor. I don't. I didn't get her name. It's really a very benign question, but but listen to how she de describes Trump as far as how he uh, disseminates the information or takes in the information that they give him. How would you describe the job President Trump is doing behind the scenes and in front of the cameras during these daily briefings that we're seeing? What's been your perspective, Dr. Burks? He's been so attentive to the scientific literature and the details and the data. And I think his his ability to analyze and integrate data that comes out of his long history in business has really been a real benefit during these discussions about medical issues. Because in the end, data is data and he understands the importance of the granularity. And I think he's been really excited about finding the level of detail that we've been able to now bring over the last few weeks to really understand who's at the greatest risk for severe illness, who will have mild and less uh, and asymptomatic disease, and really calling on every American to do that social distancing, because some people may not know they're actually infected and be unknowingly spreading the virus. And that all comes from the president seeing the data and then really directing these policies and these guidelines that go out to the American people. Now, my first question is, who is she talking about? Yeah, I was going to say, couldn't have been about Trump. And now, are they slipping these things in in between the pages of his coloring books? 
because every reliable source you hear out there is that he's not interested in briefings or uh, somebody who's saying uh, the word is uh, with these daily briefings, uh, maybe he shows up to the meeting. Normally they get together before, just before they would come out and do the dog and pony show. But apparently him showing up is, he's, you know, if he shows up once or twice a week, it's a lot. Uh, well, so. you got to give him, got to give him a little, a little bit of credit here. How's that? His re his reading level has risen above comic or uh, coloring books rather. Just barely. Uh, well, he is he is now at the level of fun with Dick and Jane. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, here's give what the devil is due. Here's the good that's come out of all this. Now, I was watching yesterday because, like everybody else, I love a good car wreck, and I wanted to see the press go after him on the. Uh, I was being sarcastic thing. Twenty-one minutes, boom, out the door. Pence stopped speaking. Trump turned on his heels, did not take one question. Reports coming out now are, well, he probably won't be showing up at these briefings daily anymore, if they have them at all. In other, in other words, he's backed himself into a corner. Well, he, <laughs> I tell you, if this, what really, the thing that bothers me probably the most about all of this is that he is putting out, of course, then he tries to back away from it, but he's putting out information. Now, I don't know what, maybe in his own, his own pea brain mind, he might have, uh, he might have thought he was trying to add a little levity there. No. These, no. Did these you, are things, even did, if he was, even if he was. Did you see the video? That, let me ask you that. Did you see the video? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Did you see him looking out at the press corps at all? Oh, no, no, not at all. Okay, so that's that's how you know. No. But the fact, either way, the fact that he even mentioned such a thing is... is just totally, totally irresponsible. Could you picture in a situation where Barack Obama or even George Bush would have made a uh, statement like that? He might have had it floating around in his mind, but he would have, or either one of them might have had it floating around in their mind, but they sure as hell wouldn't put that out to the American people. And bear in mind, because, spe you know, speaking of President Obama, know, and I'm cutting you off here, and I know that, but remember, two of the things that What's he was... That's right. Damn it. Remember, two of the things he was crucified for. Ordering a hamburger with Dijon mustard. Ooh. And, uh, and wearing a tan suit one day. Oh, no. Oh, it was... Uh, it was I almost brought the whole nation down to hear some people say it. By the way... Yeah. Uh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I cut you off there. Finish your... Well... All I'm saying is, is that you gotta know. I mean, you're the president of the United States. Unfortunately, you have to know when to just park, park that tongue in the garage. Sit, sit there, or stand there, and look like you're somewhat interested in what's being said by 
the medical team that's mm-hmm. at your side. For Christ's sake, try once to act presidential. Uh, we're talking about the same guy here, right? You've been watching him for three and a half years? Well, yeah, but I just keep thinking, for the sake of our country. There is no sake of our country for with him. Well, he is, he, he, he has pro- proven beyond shadow of a doubt it's about him and him alone. Uh, there was another tweet yesterday uh, on this topic from Fred Gut- Guttenberg. Now, if you don't know who he is, his Her daughter... Him, I'm not sure. Yeah, his daughter Jamie was uh, was a student at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas. Oh, that's right. And he's become quite the activist. And uh, he put this out the other day. This was a tweet. Can't make this up. Turns out Mark Grennan, leader of the group peddling bleach as COVID cure, wrote to Trump this week saying that chlorine dioxide, a powerful bleach that is deadly when drunk, can rid the body of COVID-19. He distributes it. By the way, it's also uh, apparently Trump and the family have have a piece of that. The hydrochloroquine. Yeah, by the way, and just for any, uh, the FDA came out the other day saying hydrochloroquine is bad for this. It should only be uh, doled out by hospitals, you know, medical professionals. There's, uh, so there's all that. Again, if you're drinking Clorox, uh, please stop. I like well. I like my Clorox with a Windex chaser. You know, I'll, let me put an exception, and then if you're planning, exception to that, if you're planning to go to the polls and pulling the lever there for uh, Donald Trump, go ahead, take a big swig. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. Have your, uh, you know, uh, we've got all these people out there. Georgia opened up, quote unquote, opened up yesterday. It's interesting that people oh, are out there. Know, they're, they're, they're being careful about it, don't you know? I some There's a lot of people that aren't opening their businesses because they just don't feel right about it. And look, yeah. I've said it before. If you've listened to us, <coughs> excuse me, at night, I've been saying it all week. I understand people need to get back to work. They need to get, I, I get all that. I understand every bit of it, and but these these knuckleheads. By the way, it's coming out that there's you know the usual characters are behind all these quote unquote protest, uh, the money people. But to go out there and say your freedom is being denied, your freedom is not being denied. People are trying to keep you alive. Your states are trying to keep you alive. Uh, and by the way, I don't know. Ask yourself, why bother? I don't understand why, uh, like in Madison, Wisconsin, yesterday. Why are you bringing long guns and uh, and and signs talking about abortion to these rallies, these uh, protests, these whatever you want to call it? By the way, when it comes to abortion, on one hand, you're sitting there saying, "Well, as far as the COVID nineteen goes, my body, my choice." Well, that, that works true for the women as well. And again, if you weren't born with a, uh, oh, 
Oh. Uterus. I couldn't think of the word. Oh. If you, if you if you don't have well, it a uterus, know, it isn't at the top of your priority. Yeah, you'd be surprised how <laughs> how high up that one is. Uh, but if you don't have a uterus, you got nothing to say about this. You and I will never have. I promise you, I will never have the debate about that because our as men, our only our only role is as support. Perhaps we help in the decision. Perhaps we have input, but in the end. Ladies' choice. But getting back, without getting into all that, these these protests, these things, blah, 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 you're just, you're not helping matters. And they're not there for anybody's particular freedom or anything like that. It's all, it turns into political. And, you know, listen, it isn't like you're shackled in your basement. It isn't like you're, you can't, you know, your house has been sealed. It isn't that. You can still get outside. It's nice outside. You can still get outside. Um, you know, get out in your backyard if you have one or, you know, go to your nearest park, you know, or something like that. Just stay the, just stay away from each other. Follow the guidelines. You know? Follow the guidelines. Nobody is shackling in your, you in your house and telling you you have to. You can go. Have to just stay there. Oh and no, I, the walls are closing in on me. Well, like go my ahead. brother said, those walls aren't going to stare at themselves. Exactly. Nobody likes. Well, this. you even mentioned. You even mentioned that it's starting to. It's starting to get to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is and totally understandable. And, and you know, I had a bad day last week. John and I talked about it. Uh, I just had a day. It just, I, I, I had a low point. I was just, you know, it, it just all started coming down on me. I rebounded, and again, I understand people need to get back to work. Not everybody has the money coming in and all that. I understand that. Okay, and we're going but to there talk. are protections in place, right? Uh, we're looking there to keep people. Protect, you know. We're looking to keep. And by the way, it's not like the economy is totally shut down. There's plenty of people out there working. Yes, plenty of people. Included. Plenty of people out there working, and I, I keep getting emails from the Taxi and Limousine Commission here in New York. <laughs> They're looking for people to uh, uh, to do deliveries. If you've got a TLC license, it's fifteen bucks an hour, plus five bucks an hour for expenses for your vehicle. Uh, and you and you said yourself that you could even use a private car for that. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, and not it's not for me. I'm, uh, but that doesn't mean don't read anything into that. Other than I happen to be in a situation where. I'm collecting unemployment, and I've got that extra little, you know. There's plenty of people out there that need to work, okay? People, uh, your Uber drivers, your, uh, your, your cab drivers who can't file for unemployment are having a much more difficult time of it. Yeah. Uh, so that's, look, I'm, I, I'm doing everybody a great favor by just keeping my fat butt here at home, all right? I'm supporting my local supermarket by uh, grazing on a daily basis. 
Well, yeah, and and you're also, you know, you're getting out, you're getting a little bit of exercise. Well, what I mean is that I I, I don't need to, uh, honestly, I don't want to be making deliveries right now. But there's plenty of people out there that need that kind of work. Now, granted, that's here in New York. And by the way, for all you folks out in Arizona, Wisconsin, and all that, take a look here, okay? Take a look at where I live, my neighborhood. This is what's coming to you, to an ER near you. I hope to God it doesn't happen, that you don't get the numbers. But no state has hit that two-week uh, numbers are going down threshold. And remember, by the way, President Dipshit on, the, on uh, last week, on uh, uh, on one day says, "Oh, we got all these rules. You have to meet these guidelines," which I actually thought was a good idea. Okay, you got to hit these certain benchmarks, and then we can slowly start the process. And then two days later, he's all up in Kemp's stuff. Uh, the politics of it is just disgusting. I, I don't happen to agree with the way Kemp is doing it. Why do tattoo parlors, why are they essential now? Why are massage parlors essential? I can almost see a massage parlor for therapeutic. Almost. Therapeutic. Okay, I can I can get behind that. Uh, but a tattoo parlor, nobody needs a tattoo. No. This, is, this is no knock on tattoo orders. I personally think there's way too many tattoos out there. But that's me. Okay. That's just me. You want it? Go get it. But guess what? You don't have to get it today. You don't have to get it next week. You have plenty week. of time in your life to be a walking art fair. So. Plenty. Plenty of time. And always remember, kids and kittens, getting a tattoo is a bigger commitment than getting married. It's easy, to get, it's easy to get rid of a spouse. Try getting rid of a tattoo. Cheaply. Exactly. <laughs> hey. You ready to let me clean the palette here? Just oh, a little bit? by by all means, give the kids and kittens the phone number too while you're at it. Oh yeah, hey, seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. If you would like to put your two cents into the uh, conversation, uh, this might be considered an emergency bat turn. By the way, emergency bat. Thank you. But I just stumbled across this while I was looking for something else. And these are things to ponder. So there's 10 of them. We don't need to really dwell on them. But, but before you, 10 can, of them here before you continue, John, do I need special shoes to ponder or just what I'm wearing? Just what you just, I don't know what the hell you're wearing. So You want to see? <laughs> or do I care what the hell you're wearing? Ponder away, my friend. Ponder away. Okay, here we go. If the number two pencil is the most popular, why is it still number two? Why do we press harder on the remote control when we know the batteries are getting weak? Mm -hmm. Why are you in a movie but on TV? Hmm. What was the best thing before sliced bread? Now I've I've asked that question many many times on this very program. So ah hey there you go, it's finally getting its due recognition. That's right. Gosh darn it. Why do we drive on parkways and park on, on driveways? driveways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's starting to sound like a Why George Carlin fat... bit. <laughs> Why do fat chance and slim chance mean the same thing? Hmm. Why do British people never sound British when they sing? Hmm. At a movie theater, which armrest is yours? That's a that's a real uh, head Why scratcher. Why are there no B batteries? There are actually. No way. No, there are. I want proof. I want proof. They're like industrial. Number ten. Number ten. Why do people say heads up when you should duck? That's uh that that, that that's a very uh that's a very good question. That's I thought they were all pretty good questions. Now you're gonna have to show me a picture of a B battery at some point in time here. Well, suppose I gave you my own list of things to ponder. Okay. All right. Uh how about this? Borrow money from pessimists. They don't expect it back. Eighty-two point seven percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Oh, Jesus! All, all, all those who believe in in psychokinesis, raise my hand. Jesus Christ! Okay, so what's the speed of dark? Oh my God! How do you know when you're out of invisible ink? I'm assuming you never will. Depression is merely anger without enthusiasm. Oh my God! If Barbie is so popular, <laughs> why do you have to buy her friends? I intend to live forever. So far, so good. Go. If at first you don't succeed, destroy all evidence that you tried. <laughs> There's another version of that that I happen to like. It's if at first you don't succeed, skydiving's not for you. Exactly. Uh, let me see. Let me grab one or two more. Uh, everyone has a photographic memory. Some just don't have have the film. Have oh, the film, yeah. Oh, there's, there's my skydiving one. If your car could travel at the speed of light, would your headlights work? Good Lord. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. I will close that up. That was, by the way, the quotes of Stephen Wright. Very, very... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd kill for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Well, the well, ones I got, I got off of Facebook. I don't I know. Under, I understand. Uh, I've had these for decades. Uh, oh. one, one, one of my favorites was, uh, oh, now I've just lost my train of thought. Oh, he, uh, he got a dog. He says, I got a dog. And I walked him from here to Fort Lauderdale and back. And I told him, now you're done. My doctor. Oh, pardon me. I was I was uh, coughing my sore lungs out there. So my doctor told me to walk <laughs> five miles a day and call him in a week. So at the end of the week, I uh, called him. I said, "Hey, doc, I'm 35 miles from home. What do I do now?" 
Oh my god. I think Speak- we better quit while we're yeah, yeah. Speaking of jokers, while we still have a little time here, let's let's talk about uh Mitch McConnell and uh, America's newest hero, Andrew Cuomo. Uh McConnell was talking about allowing states to go bankrupt. For, and let, let me play these clips, and then we'll we'll discuss. This is uh, Andrew Governor Andrew Cuomo from the state of New York. That's the Empire State, whose motto is Excelsior. Senator Mitch McConnell goes out and he says, uh, maybe the states should declare bankruptcy. Okay, this is one of the really dumb ideas of all time not to fund state and local governments, is incredibly short-sighted. How do you not fund police and fire and teachers and schools in the midst of this crisis? Yes, airlines are important. Yes, small business is important. So are police and fire and healthcare workers who are the frontline workers. And when you don't fund the state, then the state can't fund those services. If there was ever a time you're gonna put aside for you to put aside your pettiness and your partisanship and this political lens that you see the world through, Democrat and Republican, and we help Republicans, but we don't help Democrats. Now is the time. Democrat, Republican, Independent, I don't even care what your political party is. I represent you. And we are all there to support each other. This is not the time or the place or the situation to start your divisive politics. It is just not. I can't find anything to disagree with it in that statement. Absolutely not. And, uh... Hey, I got a good last-minute ticket, President. No. But, uh... No. Joe, Joe, just just step aside for a second here. No. Let's go, let's go with this ticket here. Look, enjoy the ride that enjoy the ride that we're on with Cuomo now, but let's just stay the course. Go ahead, express yourself. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, we're here to serve. No, I say uh, I represent Cuomo you. Wal- Walls. Who? Cuomo Walls for Walls. Walls. Our governor here in Minnesota. Nobody cares about your governor in Minnesota. Even the people in Minnesota is- don't care. He is doing one hell of a job here. He's to the point where... Is he on national you know, TV have, every day? No, he's not. So just I back off. I don't give a rat's ass if he is on national TV or not. Back off, gopher. I get my... I tell you what, I get my walking orders from that man. I listen to his um, briefing do you know? every day. I do. do you know? I, I listen to his briefing. I give a damn less about what the President dumb shit says. Yeah, well, that's... Oh, by the way, and just a reminder, don't listen to anything that comes out of the White House. Just a reminder to everybody out there. If they don't have an MD after their name. All right, let me play the second let me play the second part of this, which is my favorite part. Excuse me one second. Let me just go back to my self-proclaimed Grim Reaper Senator McConnell for another second. He represents the state of Kentucky, okay? When it comes to fairness, uh, New York State puts much more money into the federal pot than it takes out, okay? At the end of the year, we put in to that federal pot 
$116 billion more than we take out, okay? His state, the state of Kentucky, takes out $148 billion more than they put in. Okay? So he's a federal legislator. He's distributing the federal pot of money. New York puts in more money to the federal pot than it takes out. His state takes out more than it puts in. Senator McConnell, who's getting bailed out here? It's your state that is living on the money that we generate. Your state is getting bailed out. Well, it's kind of hard to argue with that logic. And by the way, let's point that at Rand Paul also. Uh, people tend to forget that's Kentucky's other stellar Senate representative. So. Mm-hmm. Know it. You know it. So do you want to try to run through uh, your good pal out there in Las Vegas? We got a, a bunch yeah, of quick, yeah. a bunch of quick audio. Uh, Mayor Carolyn Goodman, uh, wife you're of a little smitten with her, by the way. Just, wife, I just want to put that. Wife out there. of longtime Las Vegas mayor, and uh, and and South Nevada cheerleader, Oscar Goodman. Oscar was his is his name, correct? Yeah, you, okay. you know that uh, Oscar Goodman used to be a uh, mob lawyer. I'm not surprised. Out in Vegas, I'm not surprised. <laughs> So anyway, uh, she did she did an interview with Anderson Cooper the other day, and uh, we we picked out a couple of a uh, couple of spots here, and we're we're gonna play them, and uh, we, I think we can squeeze this in before the top of the hour. You say that That's you assume easy. everyone has the virus and is just asymptomatic. You want casinos open, Vegas back in business. Is that a responsible call to make? That wasn't the call that I was really making. It was to get people back to work. We have so many in our hospitality crew. Probably we're two and a half million people down here in Southern Nevada, and we have so many out of work because of the casino shutdown. But you want the casinos open, yes? Well, that's a piece of it. I want the hotel rooms open. We have 155,000 hotel rooms, and most of our people who live here and are part of the population are hooked to those hotel rooms in some way or ancillary way. So you want, like, hotel rooms, casinos, the theaters open? I mean, you want Vegas back in business, no? I want our restaurants open. I want our small businesses open. I want our people back in employment. We have so many families that can't even afford to get the groceries for their family because they've been out of work for six weeks. But casinos, you want them open because obviously visitors are not going to come without casinos and shows and things. Well, no, they'll come because they love. We've got major league sports here, and we've so got so many answers. I'd love everything open because okay. I think we've had uh, viruses for years so that, that have been here. That is the call you said you weren't making. That is the call. You want casinos open. You want stadiums open. You want restaurants open. You want Vegas back in business. And, and, and Anderson, I understand you're being yeah. very specific, and I appreciate it because that's where you're seeing it. No, the reality is I want us open in the city of Las Vegas so our people can go back to work. And still hasn't answered the question every time he says, no. okay, so you want the city open. And she won't answer the question. She's uh, not very bright. Let's move on. Losses people are suffering, which is awful. But you're encouraging, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people coming there 
in casinos, smoking, drinking, touching slot machines, breathing circulated air, and then returning home to states around America and countries around the world. Doesn't that sound like a virus Petri dish? I mean, how is that? No, what it sounds like you're being an alarmist. I'm not. I've lived a long life. I grew up in the heart of Manhattan. I know what it's like to be with subways and on buses and crammed into elevators. I think you are by saying what you have just said. So you don't believe there should be any social distancing? You don't believe that this is a... Of course I believe there should be. Of course. I'm a How do you do that in a casino? That's up to them to figure out. I'm, I don't own a casino. I don't know anything wait about minute, wait, wait a minute, a wait a minute. I'm sorry. You're the mayor of Las Vegas. And yes. you're calling, you want casinos to be open, even though you have no authority, thankfully, yes. over casinos. But yes. you, you say open them up, but you have no responsibility about how that would be done no, no, safely? No, no, you're blurring. No, 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 you're blurring. You said it's I'm not, not your job. There. It, I am not a private owner of a hotel. I wish I were. And I would have the cleanest hotel with six feet figured out for every human being comes so in there. If you can't figure out how to do this safely, why, as mayor of a city that you were responsible for the people's safety, are you calling for something that you have no plan for how it would be done safely? I am not a private owner. That's the competition in this country, the free, the free enterprise, and to be able to make sure that what you offer the public meets the needs of the public right now we're in a crisis health-wise and so for a restaurant to be open or a small uh, boutique to be open they better figure it out that's their job that's so not the mayor's you. job okay. that's not the mayor's job john is a former resident of uh southern nevada god <laughs> Look, Oscar had at least a little bit of, of a sense of humor. He was a likable type guy. Uh, his wife? Oh, if I were Oscar Goodman, I would be pulling out what little hair I had left. <laughs> uh, this, this woman is batshit crazy on a level of Michelle Bachman. That is how, how bad off she is. Wow, that's... Uh... That's going somewhere. <laughs> You're right. There is no way. I have been in these casinos. I have been in these different venues in in Vegas. There is it's it, it would be impossible, literally impossible to practice any type of safe so, distancing right but the point that anderson cooper keeps trying to get to there okay you want this to happen how would you do it oh that's not up to me to decide then shut up much you know you're speaking as the mayor of las vegas proper you got nothing to say about the strip which i just learned this week yeah yeah so shut up exactly all right well i guess that uh, from that tone I'm hearing in my ear I guess that means we better wrap up this uh, first hour of the Taxi Stand Hour here on Radio TFI remember here in hour number two the interview that uh, Christine Hubbard of Beck Taxi had with a uh, local radio uh, station host or whatever anyways we'll have it for you here in hour number two see you on the other side
you found the taxi stand hour. The worst talk radio I've ever heard in my life. On Radio TFI. Stand Hour, the Mothership Show, here on Radio TFI from the Northern Command Studio. I'm John Shannon from, excuse me, from the Radio TFI Tower in Queens, New York, Mr. Ed Van Ness. Once again, good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens, once again. We hope you're in a part of the country where everything is fine. The weather's nice, the uh, the body count is low, and things are just going fine. You've got enough supplies, and you're not quite ready to kill the people you're quarantining with. I'm ready to kill the people I'm quarantining with, and I'm alone. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. 
<laughs> no, that that that's all right. wrong. I, so many levels. All right, how about this? I'm ready to. I, I'm tired of the people I'm quarantining with. How about that? Well, there you go. That's a little better, for Christ's sake. Wow. Yeah, that was a little harsh, wasn't it? I take that all oh, back. I take it all back. God. <laughs> you actually kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of shocked me there for just a Yeah, second. well, we we were looking. We, we went for the joke, and we overshot. Yeah. We overshot. I worry about you. I worry about you out there, little buddy, so... <laughs> Well, buddy, I'm at least eight inches taller than you, for God's sake. Yeah, well, there, there's that too. But so how tall? How tall are you? I, I, I'm, I struggle. I, I struggle to get a little bit past five eight. So, come on, don't. No, I, I. As a matter of fact, I was, I was five nine, but as does happen. Yeah. Uh, with the aging process, sometimes uh-huh. you shrink a little bit, and eh, I've I'm managed st- to shrink a little closer to five eight. I'm still six two, so well, I'm I'm probably damn it. You should be. And by the way, I don't know if you if you can hear this, but Ed's got this voice going today, like he sounds like <laughs> the brawny man. I'm not oh, putting Lord. this on, by the way. This is just. I, I, I could not I, sustain I this for I hours. I, I don't know if this is something that it could be a little bit to have to do with my with the uh uh yeah internet connection a little we, bit. He might be we haven't changed anything. down a little bit. We have not changed. Well no, anything. I'm not talking about changing anything. But it's one of those things that with everybody using broadband these days, sometimes things slow down a little bit. No, it's not that. I, like I said to you earlier when we talked about it before the show, I can feel a little bit more of the bass in my throat. I can feel it vibrating. And for whatever reason, I didn't sleep that well last night. I woke up tired, which is bizarre considering I've been off for six, seven weeks now. Uh and You're I just have such a bitch of a time when it's time to go back to work. You know, oh, even. Lord. Well, remember, it's not the first time I've done this. Well, no. Keep in mind also, since December 10th, I've only worked about eight or ten days. So I was yeah. off. I was off anyway. So realistically, I haven't done anything since December 10th of any significance. I worked a day here, a day there. I had just been put on a job, which, by the way, would have been finishing up this week. Yeah. On the 29th, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, and then I've been looking forward to a couple of days off. Now, eh, not so much. But remember, I went through three and a half months when I was sick some years ago, and it gets old after a while. It does get old. The only the, the difference is here is you can ease yourself. Uh, you know, when you're in the transportation or when you're an independent contractor in the transportation business you can kind of ease yourself yes, into it yes. a little bit you know you're going to have to hit the ground running yes when yes this fight. that's uh when when i go back to work uh well again and we don't know but how it's going to happen i don't think the entire industry is going to start up at one shot but probably yeah, not no but pretty much as for me individually when i do go back to work it's going to be okay, five days a week, thirteen hours a day, and now, you know, 
Now, I, I got to go from, you know, beach to whale to gazebo. Gazebo? Not yeah, gazebo. Exactly. What, what's a gazelle? Gazelle. That's what gazelle, it was. Gazelle, that's right. Gazebo. How'd you get gazebo out of gazelle? <laughs> it's not just the voice that's acting funny today. Is, is this John Shannon I'm talking to here? <laughs> well, no, because you know what the difference is? I can read. Oh. Oh. See, I have words on paper. Oh. Seven five four eight hundred chat. I'm damn proud of you. Seven five four seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. I was gonna do it. <laughs> uh, tell the kids, kids and kittens, what we're doing right now. Talk it up. Oh, what, what are, what are we doing? Here? Oh, oh. Queen of all hacks. The thing you've been wanting to do for. We're gonna do something that we, again, don't normally do here. Uh, I What's that? Put on a good show. On... Well, that's <laughs> that's our little secret. <laughs> uh, no, we normally don't run complete uh, complete set or complete uh, audio bits here. We kind of dice them up a little bit, talk about it, and what have you. Um, but this one, I think, deserves to be played in in whole here. Um, earlier this week. Uh, Christine Hubbard of Beck Taxi uh, conducted or had an interview with a local uh, with a local uh, radio station host. Um, we're we're gonna play the whole thing so you'll be able to figure out who it was she was actually talking ten, to. She was on ten ten CFRB in Toronto. Yeah, the night side that, with, Bar- the with station with Barb. Uh, oh, I can't remember the young lady's name, but. I think I did. But okay the important there. voice in there is going to be Christine Hubbard, nonetheless. So. Who is also, what is she really? All hacks. Queen of all hacks. Absolutely <laughs> correct. And for those who don't know, she is the uh, operations manager. I'm assuming that's what the title is. I've never really. That's her title. I think we've that, never really asked. Operations manager of that's her Taxi. Title. Yes. Um, in my opinion, and I've done, I've done a lot of looking over this entire country and in North America in general. As much as I like our company, it can be hard-pressed to find a better-run taxi outfit in North America. Uh, we've both said on various times, we we both wish we had stumbled across, across Beck Taxi. If not for the fact that they live in a really cold place, which, John in Minnesota, not such a problem. I was in South Florida. Big problem. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> I, anyway, I she conducted this interview. Uh, this is going to open up your eyes a little bit about the uh, uh, food uh, delivery industry. And um, something I wasn't even aware of in that, uh, in that realm. And uh, she's actually got a solution. And I think it makes all the sense in the world. So... Go ahead and uh, go ahead and play it there, Maestro. This is uh, right. Christine Hubbard, and you're listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. And by the way, and just in case you miss any of it, uh, if you go to RadioTFI.com, the the full interview is posted there, right on the front page of our website. So here we go with the Queen of All Hacks. 
Well, a lot of people uh, calling in for food delivery um, because, uh, you know, good reason. Everybody's trying to keep the local economy going, keep their favorite restaurants going. I know that we're committed to ordering food in at least once a week, picking it up, curbside pickup. But a really easy way to do it is get it delivered through an app. Well, our mayor has been calling on food delivery apps to reduce commissions to help struggling restaurants. And here's how it works. Normally, you'd say you get an Uber Eats or a, or a Fedora or a DoorDash, and they go to the restaurant and get the food for you. They take a sizable cut of the total amount. And the restaurants are counting on every single penny they're making right now because they are not allowed to have the dining rooms open. So they feel like they're losing a lot to the food delivery apps. It's a difficult time for them. So I saw a tweet about this uh, last week and Christine Hubbard, who is the operations manager at Beck Taxi, she tweeted out, use a taxi. That Beck has an app with a delivery option and she joins us now to talk about it. Hi, Christine. Hi, Barb. Thanks a lot for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. How are you managing through all of this, you and your family? Well, you know, I think like everyone else, you know, a lot has changed. For Nathan and I, uh, quite a bit has stayed the same. He's a firefighter in Toronto, and I'm working in an essential service. So not much has changed for us, but of course, the landscape and and the environment where we work definitely has changed. Have you had to uh, do any modifications inside the cabs? Absolutely. So, you know, for quite some time now, we've been, um, and not necessarily modifications in the cabs, but the vast majority of drivers are wearing masks and gloves. They are using uh, sanitary wipes, Lysol wipes to to wipe shared touch points, you know, handles, seatbelts, that sort of thing. Some have now started to uh, install shields in the vehicles that block, you know, between the front and back. Uh, of the cars. We haven't been allowing anyone to sit in the front seats. We have a maximum of two adults traveling. The list goes on. Okay. And is it, is it, um, has business been affected? Let me put it that way. Absolutely. We, you know, down probably 80% in terms of, um, yeah, in terms of, of the demand for the service. But at the same time, we've, you know, our fleet has been reduced by about the same number. So, you know, drivers who are maybe immunocompromised themselves, many seniors who are driving, um, and those who's, you know, between themselves or their families are too afraid to have them on the road. So for those who are, you know, sort of taking the risk or, or, you know, more importantly, taking the proper precautions and are healthy and and feeling like it's something that they're going to do, um, you know, the amount of business actually fits the, the number of cars that are on the road. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I thought this was really interesting. I think that especially with younger people who are so used to Uber Eats and those kinds of apps for food delivery wouldn't even consider because they didn't grow up with the taxi thing as the same way that we did. Tell us about the app with the delivery option. How does it work? So, you know, the same way that you would order food for takeout or pickup, you're just allowing the taxi driver to do the picking up for you. So essentially, and this has been going on for decades, order your food from the restaurant. Every restaurant has a website uh, or if you, you know, are regular at your local restaurant, you know the, the menu. So you place your order, ask them when it's going to be ready and let us take it from there. And you can, you know, there's contactless transactions, contactless delivery. You can watch the vehicle as it approaches your home or the restaurant. I mean, you know, all of the features that you have in these food delivery apps, except 
you're placing the order directly from the restaurant and the restaurant is no longer a hostage to the 30 35 percent that they've been charged all along now what about the cost for the taxi ride so you know i i recognize that with uber eats and and the different delivery apps you're paying two dollars three dollars for delivery. But the reality is, you know, these drivers are not making a living wage. And the meter rates that are set in the city of Toronto are for that reason. So you're paying essentially the same that you would pay for a taxi ride. So again, if you're looking at your local restaurant, and and this is something that, um, you know, we're finding anyway, your taxi fare is often for a short trip, cheaper than an Uber or Lyft fare. So that's going to be reflected in the delivery cost. Yeah, and I look, I think when it comes down to times like this, if, if people stop and think about it and they want to support their local restaurant, meaning they want to, if the meal comes to 50 or 60, they want that all to go to the restaurant, then maybe some people don't mind paying a few dollars more, if it even comes out to that, for right. what, what the cab ride would be to get it and bring it back to you. Exactly. So, you know, when all of this started and and they started to close down anything but essential services, we did um, update our app right away to put that feature front and center. And we called it grocery and essentials delivery. We've always had the delivery option uh, within the app. We've been working for restaurants, sending their, uh, you know, it might be from one restaurant location to their sister location, sending food and deliveries back and forth. We've been doing this work for a long, long time. And so drivers, they know exactly what to do. And it's true. These these restaurants have been like hostages to these apps for a very long time. And it's kind of been the low rumble uh, about the way they're treated because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, because they've taken such a stronghold over that younger generation you're talking about yeah. and, and many others, of course. But this at this point in time, this is when, you know, unfortunately, the worst of bad, you know, actors is revealed in times like this. But I'm not wrong, though, right? It's an age group that is very used to certain types of delivery apps. I think so, yeah. I mean, it's a relatively new, um, you know, new newer to the market, I'd say, in the last you know, five or six years at most in terms of of this city anyway. But I think the idea and and the hope is that there is, there's a move towards social justice and there's a move toward doing the responsible thing and supporting your local company. These are all, you know, if we're talking about local companies, Beck Taxi is a made in Toronto um, business and all of these restaurants, your local restaurant that you're trying to support, a made in Toronto business. And we want that you know, that spending to stay in our local economy so that everyone can come out of this on the other end thinking, you know, you know, feeling like they they received that support. When you're ordering through these apps and they're being um, charged these exorbitant rates, we're not sure if they'll make it in the end. But if they do, I don't know what it means for them, um, you know, on the other side of this. Well, and Beck is a family company. That's right. Yeah. Beck Taxi was started by a taxi driver. And, um, you know, the drivers who are operating these vehicles, you know, are, are running their own small businesses. And I think that's something that people misunderstand. Um, Beck Taxi doesn't own a bunch of taxi cabs. These taxi cabs are owned most often, and especially by the people who are working them now, by the people who drive them. And, you know, these small businesses decide to market their businesses with Beck. And there's this misconception that we are a huge, you know, cab-owning company. But our job is to work for taxi drivers and to connect them with riders. And in reality, that's what these food delivery app companies have professed to do 
for a long time. How would it work if somebody wanted to do a grocery pickup um, using a Beck taxi? Because there are a couple of different ways to do grocery delivery, and that's a real challenge for a lot of people right now. Of course. So, I mean, you know, what we have learned is that the curbside pickup option, there are more spots available. For example, if you want the grocery store to deliver your groceries, you might have to wait a week or two or depending on the demand. But those curbside pickup um, sort of windows, they are more readily available. And if you don't have a car, or even if you do, and we're calling it stay home delivery, just use the Beck Taxi app. Um, for that window to pick up the groceries on your behalf. And we have recently partnered uh, with a grocery chain. We're doing uh, the majority of their deliveries now, and we can be there in five minutes, and that, that's the difference. Whenever you're ready, if you get a last-second sort of cancellation window, we, we're ready to pick it up as soon as you're ready to order. Do you want to tell us what that chain is? Well, there hasn't been an official announcement okay. yet, so I think I'll, I think I'll leave All that right. up to them. But, um, you know, it's one of the smaller chains, and this is where we're starting. And I think um, it's just going to lead to a great example of what can be done and what essentially what we've been doing for a long time. We've been picking up your prescriptions, your groceries, your food orders, um, you know, your dry cleaning for a long, long time. And it's, it's, it's not new. It's, it's just that, you know, people presume that it is. Okay. Well, it's great information because, look, I I keep hearing people saying, I can't get my groceries and I can't get... So they need to remember to, you know, think back to the originals and what what is still there, right? That's right. I think, you know, history repeats itself and it's kind of a funny way to be putting it when we're talking about technology. But we have all the technology that you need. You know, put your credit card in. You can use your PayPal or Apple Pay. It's a contactless payment. Your tip is done. Uh, If you wish to offer one inside the app, you, you know, watch the taxi from the point you've ordered to the point that it gets to your to your home groceries are dropped at the door and uh, you know these guys are doing great work out there and there are a lot of people you know risking their own health and safety to support the health and safety of so many you know don't forget we're taking seniors to their um, hospital appointments there are a lot of really important work uh, there's a lot of really important work that taxi drivers are doing and I think they they deserve the support and, and the recognition um, you know and and they're also local businesses Great to have you on, Christine. Thank you for this. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Barb. Christine Hubbard, she is the operations manager at Beck Taxi. And also queen of all hacks. Yes, sir. She forgot forgot the important part. That's what we're here for. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. If you'd like to call in and... uh, comment on that you can also have that same option if you are listening to our uh, podcast here on soundcloud as well as other uh podcast outlets you know i i I gotta tell you you know christine there reminded me she's kind of she is really old school when you think about it I don't have to think about I, it. I, <laughs> she's yeah. old. And it's great. It is. I mean, she's absolutely right. You know, I've delivered food, um, even though I really wasn't supposed to, uh, technically by state law, but I've delivered, I've delivered, uh, uh, you know, I've went to the store, or went to the store and picked up uh, 
cigarettes or picked up uh, uh, small grocery items and whatnot. Oh, goodness. We used to do it all the time back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the the one thing that I didn't know was that Uber Eats and... Uh, and Grubhub and Grubhub DoorDash. And, yeah. 35%? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's... Especially now, a, a lot of these restaurants have have bailed out of them just because. Look, the, the margins on restaurant food for the owner, for the proprietors, are slim to begin with. And exactly. Then, and then Uber comes in and just takes a huge chunk. Uh, and in this day and age, I watched an interview with somebody the other day. He said, I, I, I'm basically doing it for cost now. And, you know, all I'm doing is, you know, which is great. My, my customers get their food, but I'm not making any profit on it. And I, I think what Christine is doing here and a lot of other taxi companies are doing similar things. Why pay Uber 35? You're going to pay the same amount of money. Let's say for your meal and getting it to you, it costs you $25. Okay. It's just a question of where that $25 gets distributed. Now, if you use Uber Eats, a good chunk of it is going to the Netherlands or wherever it is they're hiding their money these days. If you use mm-hmm. the taxi version, which which means the, uh, the food is probably a little bit cheaper. And let's, let's say, okay, it still runs the same $25. Well, that uh, the transportation part of it, the delivery part of it, stays locally in Toronto in this particular case. So that's that a thirty-five. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay, after that thirty-five percent, think about that too. That thirty-five percent, not a whole hell of a lot of that's going to the driver either. No, 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 no. The driver's getting a couple, couple of three, four dollars. Uh. Let's say the food was, just to make it easy, let's say it was $20. Seven of that is going to Uber. Yeah. And seven of that is going to Uber. So now take that seven bucks. Most of that will go back to the restaurant, and they can continue to stay open. And the balance of it goes to the driver. So now maybe the taxi driver gets a couple of shekels more than the uh, Uber Eats guy, but... It's staying local. More of it is staying local. And you're supporting your local restaurants. Which, by the way, kids and kittens, whenever you can, support your local restaurants. Exactly. Uh, have support them. your local businesses in, in general. You know, whether it be uh, taxis, whether it be restaurants. Uh, you know, when you can go to, a, you know, if there's a store open or available or whatnot. You know, go to your local businesses here, and and uh, if you can, you know, when when we open up here, remember those people stayed open and um, tried to make your life a little bit easier during this uh, particular time where you have to, you know, where you're having to stay in. Um, you know the. It's not a trickle, you know, the Republicans love this whole, you know, trickle-down economy that we have. Uh, 
uh, no such thing. Totally, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Exactly. They've been yeah, trying to push that since Reagan. Yeah, no kidding. Um, no. Christine, I don't know of any cab companies. None of them here in the Twin Cities do that, including including ours. You know? Well, I, I know that uh, ye- Yellow Cab that I was with for, you know, all those years. We, we've done delivery since since I started. Uh, granted, back... Are continuing to do them after, uh, towards the end there? Uh, it was different. Back in the day when I started, remember, nobody had cell phones or anything like that. It was a whole different... It was a smaller uh-huh. company. And, yeah, a lot of it was, you know, booze pickups and c- cigarettes and, you know, and most people gave you, you know, they did the right thing by you. Uh, and, but it, it was a different, we were living in a different time. This was the 80s. It's true. You know, so, oh, by the way, we forgot to do this at the top of the show. Uh, we were so excited by Randy Rainbow. Yeah, uh, yeah, we. You're yeah, we st- were. You're, yeah, we were. We're not lying about that. Your your Uber and Lyft stock prices. Uber uh, ended the week at twenty nine forty nine, up a dollar and a half from last week. Lyft uh, managed to pick up almost almost three bucks from twenty nine oh seven to thirty one ninety six. So there you have it. Well, I I tell you, like I said, they're just kind of riding the waves here with stock market right and you but, know that you know that lyft is on nasdaq on the uh, nasdaq exchange don't you? i i don't follow it so i don't i don't truly yeah. know more importantly i don't truly care well this is there's always that too but, I, uh, I don't care hey we've got some other um, stories I, I, i'd like to move on to before we run out of time here oh christ we're not even close to running out of time well, there's one in particular that I really, really want to talk about. Oh, okay, go ahead. And uh, there's a great video for it. Look it up, you'll find it. Obviously, we can't play the video, and the, and the audio wasn't. This this is out of Spain. Uh, there was a Spanish taxi driver who takes uh, patients, COVID patients, to and from the hospital for free. Uh and his selfless acts have won the hearts of many. One day he got a he got a call to pick up a patient at the hospital. He was greeted in the most unexpected manner. As he arrived, doctors and nurses surprised him with a standing ovation, and the room was filled with the sound of applause. They also handed him an envelope of money for his noble deed amid the pandemic. So it's nice to see you know one of ours getting recognized. Uh, they don't provide his name or anything like that, but but I, I just really putting it on the line there too because right you're hauling people as as I'm as I'm hearing this you're hauling people that are known or people that are known to be infected. Yep. Am I, am I picking that up correctly? Uh, it appears to be from from what I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, hats off to this gentleman. I wish we could. Uh, I wish we could give his uh, name, but unfortunately, it's not it, provided, unfortunately. it was not provided. Uh, in some other news, uh, General Motors has permanently shut down its Maven car sharing services 
in all markets after suspending operations in March due to the virus and the outbreak. Uh, let's see. Last Did year, you say G- that were per- primarily in uh, Canada, by the way. It seems to be. Service? Seems to be. Last year, GM pulled the service from eight North American markets, but kept Toronto and some U.S. cities running. It said at the time it was looking to expand the services in Canada. Uh, it's interesting because the news comes on the same day that Zipcar announced it was ending operations out in British Columbia. There's another one going down the tube. Car2Go, which is a similar car sharing service, ended operations in North America at the end of February. Uh, Enterprise Rental Car had its had a sharing problem that it ended in March because of the pandemic. And, and I think what the common theme here is, is that owning and renting cars out to people you don't know is not a cheap operation. Oh, no, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, again, those of us that have owned and operated our own vehicles can attest to that. Um, You can't just have people. uh, Some of them, like Maven, were used to by Uber and Lyft drivers. Uh, You're not, unless you're charging them a lot of money every week to uh, to use your vehicle, you're never going to recoup your you can't make a profit off the car itself because it diminishes in value every second that it's out on the road. Mm-hmm. It loses value. If you buy a taxi or any kind of used car like that with the expectation of making a profit, I don't mean some used, you know, classic car that's rare. That's, you know, we're talking about your everyday smart cars, that kind of thing. Whenever I bought a taxi, I never expected to make money off it at the end. When I sold it, it was just to get rid of it. Right. You know, maybe I can get 800 or or $1,000 for it. And at the end, uh, the last couple of dozen cars I sold, I sold to drivers who knew the vehicles. I didn't have to explain why it's got 300,000 miles on it. They know that it runs. Here, give me, give me 800 bucks. Just get it off my property. And, you know... <laughs> I, I, get, I give you the, uh, you know, you get the usual warranty. You drive off the property, you warranty. You're done. You're done. <laughs> warranty ends. The warranty ends right there at the curb. But, uh, no, I actually had a couple of guys over the years. Uh, you know, they bought one of the old cabs from me. And they had a, there was a little problem with it within a day or two. So, you know, I would take care of that or split the difference with them. But. Yeah, no, uh, these these companies, they found out the hard way that running these kind of businesses is not easy. People will go out of their way to destroy something that's not theirs, especially an automobile. Exactly. You, I read, a, in connection with this, I read a story. Uh, one of these companies had a kept two cars at some university. I, it, it's escaping me now. I cut it all out of the story. But they... They barely the cars were barely used, a because of price, and when they were used, these college kids beat the living daylights out of them. So, yep, absolutely. I welcome to my world. Well, well you know, you, to sell them off, you make enough to buy a buy a nice uh, nice steak dinner and a beer. And uh, like I said, that's just get it off the property. You know, it's a couple extra quid. Because you make your money off the vehicle over time. 
which is again why we didn't buy new vehicles because you're oh, investing is you're investing too much money into it way too much money and you're not going to recoup it unless you you got to beat this thing down you got to ride it like a beast you got to ride it like a beast anybody that doesn't get 300,000 miles minimum out of their cab just isn't trying just isn't trying well John, yeah john you got any other industry stuff for us oh did uh you know i don't think i do uh looking looking here at uh my my board okay i got a couple other things i want to bring up uh this is okay this is a tweet i found and i retweeted it it's from at robert c stern he says what an amazing idea who's in Let's do this. Hashtag dump Trump. Best idea I've heard. The billion postcard protest. Buy post office postcards. Address the 1600 Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Avenue. Message, you're fired. (laughs) It not only gets the message to Trump, but it helps keep the post office afloat. Don't you have to put a return address on on a postcard, though? Sure. So what? I mean, if you got a bunch of them from one particular place, they could probably consider harassment. So what? It's not harassment. Well, I, no, no, I agree with you. So what? I, I do agree with you. I just hate like hell to see somebody get in trouble over that. So send ten. Yeah. I mean, you don't have well, to send. You don't have to send a million cards, but. It, it has a twofold purpose. The bigger purpose is that it helps the post office out. Uh, one last thing, my last little item here, is from Bob Geiger at Geiger News. Fox News, snicker, personalities, Diamond and Silk, say they will reject any COVID-19 vaccine funded by Bill Gates. Fair enough. We applaud the decision. <laughs> Yeah, I actually had a, I, I did stumble on a, a little bit of industry news here, and I don't know. Right, hold on a second, hold on, on the, tap, tap the brakes. I thought you said you had one more, my bad. I, I, no, I, I just, want, I don't want to let Diamond and Silk go by without, without trashing them a little bit. I mean. Oh, oh okay. Oh, well, there's no fun now if you're not going to pile on. Go ahead, what do you got? I'm done. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I don't know how this is going to work with uh, in our current uh, environment here, but apparently, uh, apparently, your Uber has gotten the green light to chase U.S. government contracts. Mm. Uh, this was uh, this was from uh, Bloomberg via the L.A. Times. But it says that Uber Technologies has won approval to serve as a business vendor to the U.S. government, enabling the ride-hailing giant buy for an estimated $810 million in spending over the next five years. So, you know, I, I don't know when... I don't know how many government agencies are really going to um, get into this because for one thing uh, you get right down to it and while I feel sorry for him from 
time to time. Drivers for Uber and Lyft are, for the most part, rank amateurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are a few who've slipped through the cracks that actually know their stuff a little bit, but for the for the most part, got uh, you've got drivers that have no uh, no background check to speak of, no drug testing. No. Uh, for one, you're going to do work for the gov- for the government. You have to you should have to be able to go through drug testing and through sure. other. Is the vehicle going to hold up? Uh, sure, you should. Uh, again, as you well know, it's something we've all been screaming about for years now. Why do taxi drivers have to go through all this? And it's not a bad idea to be, you know, tested, et cetera, et cetera, and meet certain certain qualifications. But then Uber and Lyft drivers do not have to go through the same. No, and... It's a scam. I... I yeah, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, even though our company, personally here, our company isn't investing so much anymore in municipal licenses, we are following guidelines as laid out by the state of Minnesota. And, uh, you know, USDOT uh, numbers and the, the whole bit here. And so... In essence, we're actually more protected than uh, than city or municipally licensed uh, taxis. So, I uh, I question this, but uh, well, I guess all we can do is let them dip their toe in the water and then have it burn off because uh, well, one can only hope. Uh, yeah, there you go. So. I, I had didn't have a chance to fact check this, but I I, I want to put this out here because I've even considered it. Uh, it's a story that says that uh, Biden thinks Trump will try to delay the U.S. election. Can't do it now. Can't do it. I, yeah, I know he can't do it, but doesn't mean he's not going to try. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I've had a fear for this. Uh, it's funny because uh, so many so many people, you know, cons- those people that are cons- uh, conspiracy theorists, uh, they're on the, on the old Trumpster side, are saying, you know, that this is a, you know, coronavirus is a big hoax, uh, you know, drummed up by the uh, Democrats. Well, I go, hey. You're gonna think that way. Well, I I agree. I'd I'd agree with Joe Biden if he indeed said this, that maybe Trump is uh, uh, putting this out of proportion. You know, through his slick and underhanded ways, uh, uh, maybe to try to strengthen his position. Well, so far it's 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 uh, it's failed miserably. If that's the case, it's failed miserably. Right, he's but, losing. Uh, he's losing numbers on his own base. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, so they're and they're doing other things. I mean, you know, there's been a push now for for uh, mail-in right. ballots. I was, I was just thinking of that. And oh no, Trump don't want that. Right. Well, there'd be too many them. Uh, There'll be too many dead people voting. There'll be too many. Uh, right. Well, although uh, we have we have five 
five states do it, strictly mail-in votes. And every state has uh, a system of absentee ballots. He's done it himself. I don't, I don't understand. Look, why there's certainly, we can good enough for him. Why not good enough for the rest of the American? Right. Well, we, we need to start that now because we need to be set up for November. We can't wait until September. Yeah, exactly. So it needs to be Republicans. Republicans don't want it. No, they know they'll they'll lose in a landslide. And they've said it. They've come right out and said it because they have to keep people from from voting. They have to prevent that. Look in the state of Georgia. Stacey Abrams would be governor now. Voter suppression is rampant, especially in a lot of southern states. Yeah, I'm just going to say primarily in the south. You're right. I mean, it happens all over, but... You know, you know the good, the good kind folks in Chicago. You know what their motto is: vote early and often. Well, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man, what else do we have here? Oh, I got some more stuff here. Oh, I'm so happy. We we've still got a little uh, left from what's her name in Vegas, but eh, you know what? We're gonna pass on her for now. That's that's she's all just, we know. Like I said, she's just plain batshit crazy. That's that's one way of putting it. Uh, like I said, you know, actually, it's Oscar the best way of putting it. Li- yeah, <laughs> Oscar was kind of a likable guy. I mean, he didn't come up with, he didn't have a lot to worry about. And again, like I pointed out, uh, in general, really, uh. The mayor, you know, the mayor, he's just in charge of a real small uh, piece of land there compared to uh, geography that is known as today's Las Vegas. Right, that everybody considers Las Vegas, but technically isn't. And to tell you the truth, I don't know or I don't remember how the rest of the area is governed, whether if it's more by state of Nevada more if it's more by uh, Clark County mm. um, I, I couldn't tell you how the rest of it is governed but um, Vegas oh he had Excuse a big me. cough there big big Excuse cough Excuse me. <laughs> ah, I'm starting to get some of that smoke out of my lungs but yeah, I can see it so much <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I don't know Maybe I'll check with one of my buddies from Vegas one of these days. Uh, Excuse me. I I apologize. I'm yawning. I didn't get a chance. You said you were tired, so. I woke up tired, which I have not done uh, through this whole thing. I mean, for the most part, I go to bed, I wake up when I wake up, which is the best kind of sleep. Uh, I usually wake up about eight, eight o'clock or so, no matter what time I've gone to bed. Uh, and Lord knows I'm napping a ton of times during the day. Uh, but this, this morning, this morning, I'm just drowsy. I think that's the word. I've just been drowsy all day and I'm sitting here watching this clock move slower than it's ever moved. And it's, 
<laughs> I love you, kids and kids. Consider a one. Should we I, consider a one-hour show for Saturday, uh, too? <laughs> no, no, no. I love you, kid, kids and kittens, but I can't wait to be done with you today. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes for me, too, by the way. I'm sure that he's, he can't wait to get me off. Uh, off no, no, no. I, I'm, you know, we've got to, we'll finish the show, and then we got to package it for a rebroadcast, and, uh, and then hopefully I can take a nap. Other wonderful things those all those but, you know, other... and that's just it i think you're probably napping out of sheer boredom oh yeah oh there's no question there's absolutely, there's absolutely no question uh every day about the same time i i mean i here's my day i get up eight nine o'clock uh i have a little breakfast after a while after breakfast i i sit in the recliner chair and i take a nap after my nap, I get up and I shuffle around the apartment for a little bit, and uh, and you take another nap, and then I take a nap. <laughs> it's no joke. <laughs> and then I shuffle in in into uh, the into the computer room, and I do whatever it is I'm doing, or you know, just looking up whatever I'm looking. And one o'clock ish, I'm thinking, okay, it's shower time. I'm in the shower, and of course, you know what you do after a shower. Take a nap. Take a nap. Actually, I have lunch. Then I take a nap. Oh. And then uh, come 4 o'clock, I put on my girl, Nicole Wallace, on MSNBC. And uh, usually, by the time, and then it goes right into Chuck Todd. And usually right about 5.15, I uh, take a nap. Don't you watch any Fox News whatsoever just to, for a little comedy relief, if nothing else? I've tried. You know, it's just that I want to give them a chance. I really, really do. And I've tried. And their afternoon people, the real news people, aren't yeah. bad. It's that nighttime stuff. Laura Ingram, I would. Oh. I, I could. I, I just started following her brother, who apparently hates her like poison. Uh, really? Yeah, I'll send you the uh, Curtis. Is it Curtis Ingram? Something like that. I'll uh, I'll dig it up here in a second. But yeah, no, I've, I I want to watch Fox, but you know, but you don't. <laughs> but I don't because I see, especially the opinion people, the primetime people. It's these games they play. You know, I saw a clip of. Hannity or Laura Ingram with Rudy on. Rudy's back. Oh, how can, you know, uh, people die of heart attacks, they die of this, they, they die of that. We don't shut down society. Yeah, because none of those things are crazy contagious, you nitwit. And, and I don't care that they have these idiotic opinions, but these idiotic opinions are carefully thought out and presented to their base. And, and I, they eat it up like popcorn. And I hope the lawsuits that are coming, uh, because let's face it, they're getting people killed out there. Getting people killed out there. And they know it. Oh, by the way, they're off the hydro, hydro uh, whatever, the hydro, hydro, yeah. you know what I mean. Hydro, fantasy drug. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, the, and of course... 
You got your Hannity's out there. Oh, we never said anything about that. What is it about these people that they do? They think what are those? They think those things with their big round glass lens pointing at them is. Do you not think we have video tape of you saying these things? Not that it matters, because. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, no, oh. no. If I watch Fox, then I wouldn't be able to nap. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm an MSNBC guy. I flip over to CNN occasionally, and uh, I would love to to find. You know, if there was a real right-leaning outlet that didn't sensationalize. It's okay to have a different point of view and look at it from a different perspective, from through a different lens. I would love that. I would love that. But that's, that's cartoons. Fox News, it's cartoons. You can't, uh, you can't oh, take it. Oh, by the way. Yes. Uh, we, uh. Uh, I just saw a tweet here from the uh, Queen of All Hacks, and okay. I think it deserves a uh, a tweet of the moment. Well, well by all if means. You, if you don't mind there. So thank you very much from Christine Hubbard, at Christine Hubbard on the Twitter. Aren't able to walk or ride to pick up your next meal? There are, there are alternatives that allow restaurants to keep the money they desperately need right now. Hashtag support local radio. Or excuse me, support local. <laughs> just says support local. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Just about got through that unscathed. And also hashtag Toronto. Uh, by the way, and then she also posts up, uh, in, case you mi- in case you missed it, why should you use a taxi for your next food order? And she goes on to list basically going that, on to reference the uh that's her tweet the, from uh, link. from a couple of days ago promoing her appearance on the show she's responding yeah. to her own tweet she's responding to her own tweet yes that's right and nobody does it better than her. nope nope no they do not do it style grace and all the other accoutrements that come attached to such a thing you you sounded great christine we uh we know you're oh, a radio. Absolutely, you're a radio maven. You sound great on our. You make our little little dinky hole in the wall, twenty five watt station sound fantastic, and uh, we're happy to share you with the fine folks in Toronto. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Maybe there might be a maybe a few taxi organizations may actually listen to this, and. Uh, actually take this some of this to heart and actually uh if you if you, if you are some kind of an organization as they say in canada i would certainly contact the lovely and talented mrs hubbard who sat by her cupboard isn't that oh come on i never thought of old mother oh what i just said i didn't mean oh Oh no! Oh, oh, oh. And never, I never made that connection she, before. She's she's cutting you off. Oh <laughs> man, I'm so sorry. I I apologize. It's uh, no, 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 no. That's that's our little ray of sunshine from the north. Oh no, no, no. Uh, oh well, now that, that I that was Ed there, just so you know, Christine, I, that I, was Ed. I yeah. accept that she would know anyway. She doesn't. 
She knows all, she sees all. She is, of course, the queen of all acts. And we, uh, we, we, uh, my apologies, my deepest, deepest apologies. And, uh, actually, actually, you know, who might come down to New York there and have a little issue with you? Who that would be her husband, because that's her husband's name, remember? That's right. Well, I didn't call him Old Mother Hubbard. Well, but you still use the name. <sighs> He's a big old firefighter. Come on, too. back out of it. Back out of it. Come that's on. okay. You he can fight, do it. He fights fires in the metric system, so it doesn't really. <laughs> so, so before we get on getting out of here let's uh let, let's give you kids and kittens a little uh let, let, let's talk up the rest of the week here or next week uh well today today we will be repeating the show at 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific time this very program this very program uh monday through thursday night we are on live, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's I am here at 9 p.m. John gets here, eh, 9.04, 9.05. I'll have you know that I was on time on Thursday. I was early You were early. Thursday. That's one day. That's so one day. Not to mention. Met- this is This is not uh, temper tantrum Thursday. By the way. By the way, if you've been listening to the station at all, you know we've been playing through the Star Wars radio saga. And that's coming to an end. I believe it's this weekend. But on Monday, no, no, uh, we're close to the end. Uh, The final final is May the 4th. But on May the 4th, which of course is Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you? Mm Mm-hmm. That Monday is Star Wars Day. We're playing all the Star Wars stuff we played up to this point. So if you want to get caught up on your Star Wars radio drama, Monday's the day. Monday, May 4th. Two weeks hence. A week. I'm sorry. A week from Monday. And uh, so there'll be... You've got all that. Plus we've got Sherlock Holmes playing a couple of nights a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh the King Biscuit Flower Hour on Fridays, so we still got a lot of pl- a lot of playing out there. And of course, again, we're there uh, Monday through Thursday nights as long as this situation continues. Yep, as long as we, uh, long as we uh, have to uh, endure this quarantine situation, Ed has to endure it a lot more than me, to tell you the truth. Yeah, he does. Uh, and I'm getting to the point now where I wish, uh, for financial reasons, I wish I didn't have to. But uh, I'm out there amongst the, uh, amongst the masses, taking people back and forth to doctor's appointments and uh, things like that. You know, the one fortunate thing up here about with uh, uh, that we have is there are there is not a whole lot of private business going private transportation going on right now people are actually eating some of these warnings so i guess that's our cue here or they're playing our song if you will so we're gonna go ahead and go bye-bye for this week thank you for joining us so from the northern command studio in egan minnesota i am john shannon And I got the money. See ya!